What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? You're a Jets fan. You guys have to earn this stuff. You're going to have to suffer through another few years. I don't mean to sound like the get-off-my-lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only for you guys would I do this. Only our gang's all here. We love it. Welcome back. To Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. It's Jake Brown here alongside Jets beat writer for the Post, Brian Costello. Only a few more shows remaining in this 4-11 and right now Jets season. One of our favorite guests joins us for a fourth time on the show in the three years of Gangs All Here. That would be Damian Woody, former Jets offensive lineman, ESPN. What a fantastic interview where we cover a wide range of topics as we go into the new year. Happy New Year, everyone. The new year comes this weekend. Our next show will be 2022. Guys, football aside, sorry, I'm, I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions. Do you have any we want to share with your fans and our New York Post readers? Yeah. No, not right now. Okay, thanks. Maybe next week. <laughs> and and Tom Brady responded to that with, I want to be as brave and courageous as she was. That's what I want for the new year. I want to, too, because that is truly <laughs> a brave moment by this anonymous reporter. If you're listening to this show, tweet me, Jake Brown Radio, tweet Cos, Brian Cos, who she is. If we probably did deep research, we could find, but we want to know who she is. She'd be a great guest, maybe on the show. You know, it's, yeah, it's hard getting good. Jets guests right now. Let's have her ask us <laughs> anonymous questions. And, and I'd ask, happens. I'd ask Rex's New Year's resolution one year, but I, I didn't do it after a loss. I, I, I kind of waited till the middle. Did of the he week give there. you a resolution? Was yeah, he, he like, wanted, to, he wanted to swear less. Was his oh, goal okay. for that year? Which I doubt. Knowing Rex, I doubt he did. Rex was amazing, Jake. One thing maybe people don't realize about Rex: when you become a parent you sort of get trained where you don't curse when your kids are around, right? You're, when your kids are small. Rex could do that. Rex, if you spoke to Rex off camera, every other word was a curse word. He, he's nonstop. He never did it when the cameras were on, though. It was pretty amazing. I feel like that was me when I turned 18 or 19 because a lot of people may not know this, but I didn't curse. I didn't drink, smoke, curse until I went to college. What I happened? Said, I said Pikachu sucks in like eighth grade and got soap in my mouth. I think oh my, my dad gosh. put soap in my mouth. Had and a then Hofstra corrupted you? Yeah, I guess. Well, moving to North Carolina oh. after my junior high school from Connecticut, went to Carolina, and I guess I became more of a rebel. I'm like, my freaking parents moving me, you know, for my senior high school. This sucks. And I would say sucks. And that was like the slow progression. I would say like shiitake mushrooms. I would download clean versions of rap songs on what? iTunes with, you know, with bar mitzvah money, downloading songs on iTunes or Napster or whatever. I would be like, oh all right, Lil God. Wayne, clean version. And you know, I curse a lot. When I went to college, I had to make up for 18 years of not cursing. No women, never kissed a girl until college orientation. I was 18. Jeez. So this I is was a whole late... podcast, Jake. This, this is a whole other exp... podcast. This may explain why I'm so wild now. This might it's... explain why you're wearing a Cheeto sweatshirt. Yeah, come on. This one, the color scheme. Look at this. Like this your, is... your total growth was stunted. 
it sounds yeah. like. And, no, yeah. it was a struggle. You like, should have got the Cheeto sweatshirt phase. Should have been like your sophomore year of high school instead of now. <laughs> Would have been my freshman year of college. Freshman year of college changed me as a human being. But yeah, I was a good kid. You know, Pikachu sucks. Boom. Jake, you want the Dove or the Irish Spring today? And that, that's what came along. Anyway, speaking of fatherly figures, Tom Brady is wow, an old what man. A segue. Uh, you like that? That's why they pay me the big bucks here at the New York Post. But that is the guy the Jets will face one final time. Cause I, I think, think this might be the swan song. <laughs> I, I made sure they're scheduled to play in four years again, Jay. That's what it is. Four years. Cause I looked at the schedule yeah. and I looked at 2022 I mean, and 2023 opponents. They don't play the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's gonna years. be around in four years. You think he uh, will be? I won't say no. I mean, I've been writing this I've been writing these stories since 2011. I think that oh, is this the end? Is this it for him? And well, and the Jets could meet them in the Super Bowl at some point, Jake, in the next few years. Don't I mean don't be pessimistic. So yeah, no, I think this probably is it. His career really began with Mo Lewis and the Jets when Mo Lewis took out Drew Bledsoe and that was when we got introduced to Mr. Brady and there's been a lot of battles between the Jets and Brady since and the Jets have not won many of them. (laughs) I almost want to go because this is history. I really think this is it. I don't think he's going to be around four years. I'm going to be honest. I know the TV 12. I know we keep saying that. Four years, he'll be what? How old is he at 45? 44 right now, I think. So he'll be almost 50. I mean, he's going to be getting AARP benefits the next time he would face the Jets. That's There's no way he's playing at 50 years old. I'm sorry. You're not a 50-year-old guy getting hit by big defensive ends. I think this is it, Kaz. I think this uh, is I also history think, on G- Sunday that you're covering. Yeah, I think his kids are getting older. And there's at some point where guys want to say, like, you know what? I want to watch my kids play football. I want to watch my kids dance. I want to watch my kids go to gymnastics. Like, you, you know, I think there will be a point where he's he feels that pull, too, where, um, you know, he wants to do other things with his life. But he certainly doesn't have to retire. Also, I'd argue he might make more money not playing, doing other things with all the things he can do and all the – broadcasting endorsements he will get after his career he might make more off the field after his career so he can afford not playing the nfl retire it's never really been money right giselle makes more money than him that's that's always out there and he's taking a lot less money to play to let his teams do things with the salary cap have you watched any of the man in the arena show jake uh no it's very good yeah so you know brady goes I've watched the first three episodes. Do you have um, a login you want to share with me? That you have? No, I will not give that login out. <laughs> um, but it's good. It's good. It's very in-depth on Tom Brady, and I'm through the, sec- the third Super Bowl. I just got through. So I'm looking forward to now where the years where they don't win as much. You know how obsessed he is with winning and you know getting better. And he, it's kind of interesting. The one I just watched was when they won, they beat the Eagles for the back-to-back Super Bowls. And he got at the end, he's kind of saying he was exhausted. He really wasn't even happy at the end. He was just so tired. And that's when he kind of realized like he had to do a better job taking care of himself. Because at that point in his life, he was going out a lot. He was drinking. He was. He said he was living in Boston. He was going to a lot of Celtics games and Red Sox games and just kind of living it up. And he realized he wasn't going to last long if he if he didn't start taking care of himself maybe that's why he loves boston you're in boston you're drinking guaranteed i don't care if you're irish <laughs> italian whatever you are you will drink heavily if you live in boston and you know we've seen brady drunk i mean the most relatable we all were to tom brady was that video after the bucks he throws the trophy they've got someone like carrying him he's slurring his words that was where i was like all right i like this tom brady i hate the guy who beats the jets every year i like the drunk brady so that was relatable wait till he shows up with a ramen sweatshirt sunday oh my goodness it's that's i'll buy his jersey if if he were <laughs> you know he's got a ramen like sponsor on the corner of his jersey cheeto sponsor on the other side of the jersey who knows with jerseys now every team it's like sponsors all over 
uh, these jerseys. There's the Clippers have Bumble, or as you call it, Bumbles. Bumbles. Uh, that didn't make the show, by the way. That was in the oh, edited it's version. It's going to be in the box set? Yeah. That, maybe that'll come out on video later one yeah, day. We'll release it. Yeah. There is the YouTube page of the videos, so check those out on the New York Post YouTube. But it'll be Brady and Bowles, the old friends against the Jets. Jets Bucks Sunday. This is the Brashad Perriman Todd Bowles revenge game with yeah, Mike yeah. Evans and Godwin out. It's going to come McClendon. down. Steve McClendon, Steve McClendon, too. A lot of former Jets on the side. Over under 50%, 60% Todd Bowles blitzes Zach Wilson. Over. Wow. Yeah, he's going to, Todd's going to be the Greg dialing it up. He's going to be dialing it up. Well, I mean, that's what Todd's known for is blitzes and. He's going to put a lot of pressure on Zach, I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to think that's the way to, to get to him, and Zach hasn't handled pressure well this year, so I would think they'll be doing that a lot. But the Bucks defense is not has not played as well as it did last year. You know, We'll see what they what they can come up with on Sunday. Jets will get some guys back, Kaz. I guess Elijah Moore's 50-50. I really hope he plays AVT back, JFM, LD. I mean, all these initial guys, my goodness. LDT, yeah, a lot of initial guys. JFM, I mean, it's more because we don't really want to type out and say all the names, but... Becton, as we know, shut down for the season. That's something we'll talk about with Damian Woody in, in a few minutes. But Jets will get some guys back. So this this could be, you know, a fun watch. They're gonna lose, of course, and we'll give our predictions in a second. But if the Jets can get a few guys back, I think this could be a fun matchup and, and to see how Zach progresses after last week. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be a fun matchup, Jake. I think the Bucks are gonna roll. Let's keep I think the Bucks are gonna I think the Bucks are gonna roll. Um, you know, they're just a much, 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 much better team than the Jets. And, you know, the Jets Jaguars was a fun game because that was a team in their weight class. Bucks have some injuries, you know, might know Mike Evans, Fournette no Chris out. Godwin, no Leonard Fournette. So they do have some injuries. Oh, we forgot another ex-Jet, Jake. Le'Veon Bell is on the Buccaneers. Oh my God, I don't, I didn't even realize that. I forgot yeah, completely. He just signed last week with them. So is he going to play? He played. I saw he had like two carries for negative one yards or something last week. So I don't think he's playing a lot, but he is on the roster. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown together yeah. again. Wow, I for, completely forgot about that. It's the it's the Tampa Bay Steelers and the Tampa Bay Jets mixed in a one. Yeah, lots. there down in uh in Tampa Bay. Well, this will be a MetLife. The Bucks are thirteen. Point favorites, Chris Myers, Daryl Johnson on the call. A Fox game this week. And give us your prediction, Kaz. Pain. <laughs> oh, the pain. Uh, I'll go Bucks 30, Jets 13, Jake. 30 is not bad. I have 38, 17 bucks. I think it's going to be a lot of points. You know, the Jets will get a few defensive guys back. Foley and, and Michael Carter, the cornerback, Nazareth Dean. No one significant. The worst tackler, Ashton Davis, might be back. So they'll get some guys back, but 38-17, I think we're going to see a good one from Brady. You know, I've been monitoring the weather because, like I said, I'm debating going because it's final game. I say this every Jets home you game. You say it every week. Well, Sunday morning I wake up, I'm like, I don't want to make the trek to MetLife. Like, people don't realize the commute, the life that sucks out of you, but I haven't been yet this year. If there was one to go to, this is the finale. See, it's 50% chance of rain, but it will be 55 degrees, which is like summer in december for new york so i'm debating going you have like a lay's potato chips poncho you could wear if it rains <laughs> no i'm waiting for my saltines hoodie you haven't found it yet yeah, yeah, haven't shop, found huh? that one yet. but yes uh, I'm, i'd probably wear this and maybe a jets hat people will be like this is not a jets Bengals game what are you doing so we'll see again i probably won't go but you know my duties usually are watching jets and giants but the giants are an unwatchable product with jake Fromm and mike lennon that maybe i'll find my way 
at MetLife. I'll let you know if I go. Maybe I'll pick up a hot dog from the press box from you. We'll see what they bring out Sunday. Maybe they'll have a little surf and turf uh, in honor of the new year. But uh, <laughs> I doubt it. My New Year's resolution, I always say this, I want to lose like 25 pounds or something. I, I need the the Mackay Becton treatment. Got to lose. You know, I'm, I'm two, 240, I think. He's 365. But if I could get down to like 215, 210, 63, 210, stealth would be incredible. I say that, and then, uh, you know, a day in it, I'm eating Flamin' Hot Cheetos, and uh, that goes down. Yeah, well, your wardrobe must make you hungry, Jake. It does, yeah. If you're wearing yeah. food all the time, right? Like I, I had matzo ball soup. You know, we talked me and Hearts on the clothes last show, talked about matzo ball soup. Made my way to Ben's the other day once I found out my PCR test was negative, COVID-free. Made my way to Ben's Deli and had my matzo ball soup. I got uh, the hot dog, Ben's famous hot dogs. I got their pastrami on rye. Very good. You know, if you come to New York or the city, we will go to Ben's Deli and you'll get a nice kosher deli experience. And uh, I had the rainbow sprinkle cookies as well. I wow. Really, <laughs> you went all out. Huh? I, I believe I got diagnosed with diabetes right after not getting uh, COVID. I got diabetes, but very well worth it. Well, we'll close on this. Rest in peace. And we'll talk about it with. Damon Woody, John Madden, 85 years old, Super Bowl 11 winning coach, 103-32-7. He was so fun in the broadcast booth. The video game, love Madden. I almost want to buy a system and play now in honor. 16 sports Emmy Awards. The way he broke things down, the whole Frank Caliendo impression of him was fun. The tough acting to acting, boom, all his calls. So, Kaz, I enjoyed the years of Madden on the calls, and I didn't get to see him coach, but his numbers are absurd. He won a Super Bowl with the Raiders. So, Jake, highest winning percentage of anyone who coached, I think, 100 games, something like that. I forget what the cutoff was, but above Vince Lombardi. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, a great career, and rest in peace to John Madden passing away. All right, we got a great conversation on Madden, Brady, Zach Wilson, and so much more with good friend of the program, Damian Woody, next on Gangs All Here. Hey, everyone. This is Damian Woody, former Jets office lineman. You're listening to Gangs All Here. All right. Joining us now on Gangs All Here is one of our favorite guests. He's now not even a friend of the program. He's a good friend of the program, making his record-breaking fourth appearance in our three seasons of Gangs All Here, the first year with Kaz, the last two seasons with me and Kaz. He played 12 seasons in the NFL as an offensive guard, winning two Super Bowls with the Patriots, ending his career with the Jets from 2008 to 2010, helping them get to two straight AFC Championship games, which is the last time they made the playoffs. We forgot about those days, but you might see it in my background uh, with my Dustin Keller, your old teammate jersey. You can catch him now all over ESPN, where he's been for a decade. Let's welcome back number 67, Boston College alum, the pride of Beaver Dam, Virginia, Damian Woody. Damian, Jake and Kaz. Welcome to the show. Guys, it's been too long. Thanks for having me back. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Now, I've learned that you were raided by Room Raiders. I, I just re- discovered this. Rate- room Raider. Room Raider for yeah. your rooms that you're in. You know, you're on TV, home, ESPN. They see yeah, your, backdrop. your backdrop. You have Billy Joel and Elton John somewhere in your house right now. They went to take a piano break. <laughs> you have a golden, majestic piano behind you. Give us the story of your room, your backdrops, and uh, do you know how to play the piano? Well, first of all, I can't take any credit for it. That's the wife. She, I just simply live here and consume the food. That's number one. And number two, I just started playing the piano, just learning how to play it. My uh, oldest son, he's been playing for years, so... You know, that's something that he he really loves, and I'm trying to love myself. Yeah, I think Mike Tannenbaum, too, for the room, D-Wood, right? Like, I mean, that, that that contract helped that route, right? I always bust Mike Tannenbaum's balls about it. Like, <laughs> the money that he gave me, he's 
he, he's contributed uh, significantly to the palatial palace over here in New Jersey. So I always give him a shout out. We've talked about pleasant things enough. Let's talk about the 2021 Jets. <laughs> Where are you at with the Jets right now? How do you think, you know, they are doing in this never ending, you know, rebuilding process? It's like construction on 287, D. Wood. Like it just it seems like it never stops. How do you feel like it's going this year? Where What are you thinking right now with two games left? Well, listen, I, I came into 2021. Honestly, I didn't care about the record because to me, that wasn't important. What was most important to me was the quarterback, you know, his development and all the young guys that were playing. I mean, this is a team that I think it's playing the most rookies of any team in the National Football League. So you knew it was going to be a lot of growing pains and combine that with the rookie head coach, rookie offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator that's that, that's kind of new to this, albeit he called a few games as the interim defensive coordinator with the Falcons. Everyone was basically new. And so I knew this was going to be a rough year, was going to be taking a lot of lumps, and that has really played itself out. You know, the one thing I will say, this team has really, seemed like they've really stuck together. They played hard. You see a lot of young guys emerge. I think both Michael Carter's are terrific young players that Joe Douglas has hit on in, in the latter part of the, you know last year's draft. And I think uh, Elijah Moore is a, a guy that can be a superstar in this league. And there's a lot of young players that if you're a Jets fan, you should be really thrilled about the 2021 draft class. This whole thing is about Zach Wilson. And I think what we've seen from him is obviously you know, up and down season. When your rookie quarterback playing on a bad team, it's, that's going to happen. What I've been encouraged about with him the last couple of weeks is there's been no turnovers. I think that's a major step forward for him. We also know that there's players that are out that would help him tremendously in the offense. So I think if he can finish out the last two games here against some really quality opponents, we don't know what their strategy is going to be because both of these teams are going to be in the playoff. If he can find himself and finish out the year not committing any turnovers, I think that's that's a good way to finish up the season for him. Yeah, and I agree that the turnovers are big. And I liked what he did last week. I know it was against the Jaguars. I know he only had 102 yards, but... The fact that he used his legs, too, and I know the Jaguars' defense is atrocious. Like, how did that touchdown run happen? The Red Seas on the sideline parted for him to get down there. He pulled off some magic, but we had never seen anything remotely close to him even attempting that this entire season. Were you encouraged by that and maybe him using his wheels? I know he doesn't like to. Coaching staff doesn't love him to. But is that something that you could see have him progress these last two games and going forward into next season? Yeah, I think, listen, that's a part of what the intrigue was in the pre-draft process, right? You know, Zach Wilson, all platform, the, the athletic ability outside the pocket. And I think there's been kind of like a tug-of-war battle between him and the coaching staff on when to use it and when to not use it. Because you've heard from Coach Sala about playing within the structure. So for a young guy who's been part of the thing that made him the number two prospect was what he did outside of structure. So I think for him to try to find that balance, I think we're starting to see it in the latter part of the season. It's encouraging. They just got to keep adding pieces for Zach Wilson. I mean, we last week we saw it. You know, it, it was so apparent. The guys that Zach Wilson was throwing to, that's just not going to cut it. Even with Corey Davis on IR and Elijah Moore, they need more pieces on offense to continue to build around a young quarterback. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, D. Wood. I wrote that the other day. It's This offseason is going to be a lot about defense for the Jets, and they need some horses on defense. But Joe Douglas can't forget to about adding some playmakers, too, for Zach because he, he needs to keep adding on. Uh, another thing the Jets need next year, D. Wood, is their left tackle 
back in the fold. And uh, Makai Becton is a guy from your neck of the woods and down in Virginia. You were a very durable player, Damien. I don't think you missed many much time because you're pro football reference. You, you had a lot of 16-game seasons. How worried are you about Becton right now that you know he hasn't been able to get back on the field this year and, and he's just it feels like he's missing a lot of time in this first two years? Yeah, listen, I think, you know, no nobody, no one will, will um, dispute the, the immense talent that he has, right? I mean, we saw flashes of that his rookie year. You know, a lot of a lot of his plays made highlights, not just the Jets fan base, but all across the National Football League. But you know, like we've said constantly, time and time again, when in sports, your best ability is your availability, right? And so when Makai went down and there was these these questions about when he would come back, you know, I was one of the first people to say, shut him down. Like, don't even think about playing him, you know, because what good is it in the, basically in the law season to try to play, you know, three or four games at the end of the year? It makes no sense, especially when you got George Fant playing the way that he was playing and, and, and Morgan Moses. You know, why me- so much of offensive line play is chemistry. Why mess up that chemistry trying to bring back, you know, Makai back in three or four games? you know, at the end of the season. I think his his focus needs to be, and and Robert Sala pointed this out, I think, in the press conference yesterday. This is going to be a super, super important offseason for Makai Becton. I would like to see him, he needs to get into the best shape of his life, in the best shape of his life. I don't know where where that number is as far as weight is concerned or any of that. He needs to hit this offseason, like right now, his mind, his focus right now should be, I need to get in the best shape of my life because you hear the whispers already. He's injury prone. He missed time during his rookie year. He's basically missed all of his second year. So the whispers are out there. He needs to make sure he comes back in the offseason in OTAs, mini camp, training camp next year, hitting the ground rolling, hitting the ground running, ready to roll, and be able to put forth his best season in this league. And you were what, Damian, like 325 in your playing career? You were Slim Jim compared to Makai Becton, who's what, 367 or whatever he is. I mean, you were a big fella, but like, did you notice at times if if your weight fluctuated and got bigger that it affected you coming back from injuries? Because being a bigger guy, it, it takes, I guess, longer to come back from these injuries. So what you're saying is, you know, he needs to maybe shed a few pounds, get in better shape and, you know, be more durable like you were? Listen, absolutely. You know, Bill, I remember I never played under Bill Parcells, but I ran across Bill Parcells a couple of times during my playing career. And the, the, what really made Bill Parcells so fascinating, so great, is just how blunt and honest he was. And I remember coming across a man, and he just came up to me. He didn't. He skipped the pleasantries. He's like, you need to lose weight. He's like, <laughs> that was like the first thing he told me. He was like, you need to lose weight. He was like, you're a fantastic player, but imagine how much better you would be if you lost, if you dropped like 10 or 15 pounds. And he was right. And I came back the next year after having having that conversation and I lost 15 and I probably had like my best season. I was light on my feet. I was in tremendous shape. And Bill Parcell used to always say, when you're fatigued, it makes cowards of everyone. It really does. So when you're in the best shape of your life, you know that you can go out there and dominate that guy across from you because you put in all that work. And I want to see that for Makai Becton. I want to see him not just rely on his natural ability, but take it to the next level, get in the best shape of, of his life and enhance that natural ability. If he does that, there's no question in my mind that Makai Becton can be the best left tackle in this league, but he has to put in that work to do that. You just said best left tackle, Damian, but I th- think there's a question right now in Jets fans' minds of 
whether he should move the right tackle. You know, if Fant's had a good year, like you mentioned, you know, what what do you think of that idea of, of shifting Makai over to right tackle next year? I think George Fant has had, has, has, you know, really had a fantastic year. But anyone who watched George Fant and who's, who watched Makai back in his rookie year, there's a clear talent difference, okay? There's a clear talent. Like, Makai Beckton is a game-changing type of guy. And so his whole thing is making sure he's in great shape and staying on the field. So I'm not, like, I'm not in the camp of switching him to right tackle. I'm in the camp of, listen, let's get you behind in the best shape of your life, stay on the field, and let's get after people. And I think that's where the best bang for the buck is going to come as it relates to Makai Beckton. What do you think of the rest of the O-line, Elijah Vera Tucker? You know, he's gotten some praise this season. It seems like the O-line is not necessarily finished and done with, but it's one of the lesser concerns moving into the offseason versus everything else the Jets might need. Yeah, listen, I think I think the O-line is trending in the right direction. I mean, we can have we can talk about on the right side, in my opinion, you know, maybe right guard. We don't know what that situation, how that's going to look. That's probably an area that you look to upgrade in the offseason via free agency or maybe the draft. But when you look at the, the, the Jets O-line, I don't think we're sitting here just kind of like, oh, my God, we need to do something with the O-line. I think the O-line has gotten better. There's still room for improvement. I will still continue to add to the offensive line because I think that's what Zach needs. He needs a dominant run. I think he needs a dominant run game. This offensive scheme is predicated on the run game, okay? We, we got a glimpse of it against Jacksonville, but it was Jacksonville. This scheme is predicated on running the ball, play action off of that. And so for me, I would continue to add to the offensive line to try to maximize that running game because if the running game is doing well, guess what? Zach Wilson will be doing well. Elijah Moore is going to be doing better. Corey Day, oh, everyone's going to be doing better. The offensive line is not the number one priority, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't like look beyond it. I would continue to add to it. So this week, Damian, the Jets face the Bucks and a. Uh... The quarterback you know pretty well. You've been retired, what, 11, 11 years now you've been gone? Uh, right? As uh, long as the, it, Yeah. And this guy came in a year after you, right, to New England. Are you amazed that he's still going? And, and what are those memories you have, Damien, of when Tom first got there and maybe when you realized – I don't think you have, anyone could have realized what he would become, but you realized that, that you know, he was going to be a special player. It is truly amazing. You know, he's playing better now than at almost any point in his career. And think about that at 44 years old, being able to play at this high level. It's just like there's a difference between great players and players in Tom's stratosphere because Tom just, he's not the most talented guy, but man, the chip and the work ethic that he has, he's just wired differently. Like he's wired like, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, like like those are like true generational type guys. Like they transcend almost the sport they're in. That's where Tom is right now, man. He's just, there's not a look that you can throw him that's going to confuse him. He's seen it all. He's like in a like PhD class out there as far as quarterbacking is concerned. So everyone talked about with Zach Wilson as far as who do you want to emulate? And everyone kept saying Aaron Rodgers. How about Tom Brady? I think Tom Brady would be a guy to to emulate because, you know, he's not the physically he's not the most talented, but man, he's just mastered how to play the quarterback position better than anyone in the history of this league. Was he as tenacious a guy in his youth when you were with him in terms of like you see now if a receiver drops something or you know the week they were getting crushed or shut out 
you just saw anger in his face and and you were a guy that was in every huddle with him when he was young were there times you were like Tom, calm down. Or like he was just over the top tenacious <laughs> back then. You know, he wasn't it, it, what I call had, had as much piss and vinegar about him like like what he has now. He's kind of you know he's kind of ornery in his older age. But as far as a fire, heck yeah. There's so many times that I believe Tom gave me a concussion from head butts in pregame, the pregame, and during the game. Like this dude has so much energy. He loves the game of football. It, like, pains him so much when he loses, man. And I think for him, it's just like he wants everybody to play at his level. It's just not easy for other guys to play at that type of level that he's on. What I like about you is you rep New York very well. I believe you live in Jersey. You still rep the Jets. You end your career with the Jets. You were like the Islanders mascot now. Like, they had a jersey for you. You're at the (laughs) games. They love you there. UBS (laughs) Arena, by the way, fantastic. Verizon Lounge incredible food had a blast when i went there a few weeks ago you know me being you know the pod father all new york sports repping all our new york teams you being a new york guy does it anger you as a guy who reps the jets and your career with the jets that they have not made the playoffs since you were there like are you frustrated like do you re- are you craving this team to get back i mean obviously i am jets fans are but you rep new york you love it so does it anger you right now that it's been a decade since they've been there Oh, it's definitely frustrating because, see, I know what the city was like when we were winning. There is nothing, nothing like New York when it has winning teams. Nothing. I mean, those two years where back-to-back AFC championship games, New York was just on fire. You know, obviously the Jets were winning, the Giants were winning. Yankees won a World Series 2019. Yeah, it it was a beautiful thing, man. And um, it's just been really rough, you know, watching the New York sports scene just watching all these teams just flounder around because the fans here deserve better. You know, and just speaking for Jet fans, man, there's not a more, there's not a crazier fan base, a more passionate fan base that just want a consistent winner. I'm rooting for Joe Douglas. You know, obviously Joe Douglas is from the same same hometown I'm from. I'm rooting for Coach Sala and, and all the coaching staff because Jet fans deserve this, man. They've been hanging with this team for so long and been through some ugly, ugly, ugly seasons. And at some point they deserve a winner. And I'm, I'm hoping this coach staff, this new regime will do that. Yeah, it's a great point, D. Wood, about what this town is like when you're winning. Something I face challenging is it's been so bad for so long that there's a lot of people within the Jets organization that have never experienced the good. So they're always like, why is the coverage so negative? Why, you know, everything's because it goes the other way. Losing here is probably worse than losing other places because it's louder. There's more media. There's no tabloids in other towns with back pages and that kind of thing. So I try to tell them like, yes, yes, it's terrible right now. But if like when you turn this around, it's going to be better than winning in San Francisco or better than winning in Minnesota. Because when they win, people collect those back covers. People have a collection of New York Post back covers when they win championships. in, in In my office right now, I have tons of New York Post back covers from, you know, the time during, you know, those... Those two years, man, it, 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 again, there's nothing like it. And I've even told people in the Jets organization, like, guys, don't get so sensitive. This is not like, don't blame the media. If you win, they will come. I've said that time and time again. Just win, and they will all flip around. Kaz, I like that quote. If you win, they will come. I need like yes. a shirt with like Robert Salas' right. handsome bald head on the shirt for me next year. Come on. If and when this thing flips, you'll, you'll see all of that. But – you got to do the hard work and get it flipped first. 
it's rough. I mean, we're just hoping the Mets next year at this point. Even your Islanders are, are terrible. Like they were COVID ridden <laughs> yeah. and they're they're a mess right yeah, now. Man. The Giants are Giants yep. are impossible to even watch. I mean, they're like, we're gonna balance Jake Fromm and Mike Lennon at quarterback. I mean, you might as well balance like poop and dog poop and like bird poop and put them at quarterback. That's what it is. It's ugly. They're worse than the Jets. Like it's yeah. it's bad. Yeah, at least the the Jets are competing. The Giants are not. Quickly, first two picks for the Jets. I know you had tweeted about this. Someone said two defensive backs with the two top ten picks. Two positions, any players in the top 10 that, that you like coming in April? Listen, you know, everyone talks about the, the two defensive ends, Aiden Hutchinson and, and, and the uh, kid from from Oregon, Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, more than likely those guys will be gone by the time the Jets pick. And so for me, where's the best bang for your buck? In the trenches. Keep drafting in the trenches. You can almost never go wrong drafting in the trenches. Keep building in the trenches. So if both of those guys are gone, I'm going back. I'm going back to the well. I'm going to get if off the uh, the kid from Alabama. I'm getting him. Then you know what I'm doing after that. I'm going to. I'll go get a wide receiver because I'm going to keep adding to the um to the rookie quarterback. That's what this whole thing is banking on, right? This whole thing is banking on Zach Wilson being good. Yes, the defense needs addressing. They got more draft picks to do it. Got free agency to do it. But I'm going to keep adding pieces to give my rookie quarterback every chance in the world to succeed. So that's my thought process in this whole thing. Spoken like a true offensive lineman, Kaz. I love it. But, but yeah. you're right. You can't well, really he go did, wrong. He did say receiver. So, there, yeah. you know, he's yeah, no, there. But definitely a top. Yeah. If Jeff Ulbricht listens to this, he'll put his head through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I understand. I, listen, I get it. I get it. But I also think like, okay. The game is offensive. This is an offensive-driven league. You got a young quarterback. Keep investing in your young quarterback. You can address the defense, okay? They're going to get beat. They're going to get Carl Lawson back, okay? You got two second-round picks, third-round pick. Like you can add pieces to the defense, but if I got a chance to add pr- more premium picks to offense, I'm doing it. I'm on board. You know, we've seen the Jets struggle with safeties or trade them away or cornerbacks in the past. Cough, cough, Kyle Wilson. We, we've seen it many times before, and we, we, we'd rather not see it again. So I'm on board. That last one before we let you go, Damien, again, Damien Woody on Twitter and, of course, all over ESPN. John Madden, you know, we lost him Tuesday morning uh, unexpectedly. Any memories? Did you ever meet him? And, you know, were you were you a great Madden video game player? What's your memories as we honor John Madden? Yeah, man, it's um, I've met John Madden a few times during my playing career, just a larger-than-life human being, just his personality. And the thing that made John Madden so great was he just, he related to everyone. He knew how to talk to everyone. And there was nothing like when that Madden Cruiser pulled up to your facility and you're seeing, you're out in practice and you're seeing John Madden and the whole crew watching practice, you knew it was a big game. Like, guys got excited about that. And then being in those production meetings, it, it was just nothing like it, man. And I and I said I said it last night on Twitter. There's not one person who I think meant more to the game of football than John Madden, whether it be a coach, commentator, and guy who the whole John Madden phenomenon as far as video games are concerned. That's three generations right there of people that got to experience the, the the Madden, what I call the Madden experience. So we lost a giant yesterday. Rest in peace to John Madden, 85 years old. I don't know why I remember this, Damien, 
but you were like a really highly rated player in that Madden game. I can remember like Damien's early year. Like if you did like the, you remember like Jake, you could do like the fantasy draft where you could draft like a whole new team of all the players. Like D Wood was always like one of the top offensive linemen, like 2002, 2003, 2004. He, he was really highly rated in that game. So <laughs> do you remember, do you remember your rating? What was your rating, Damien? I don't, I don't remember. They pulled it up. I think on get up like last year, two years ago, it was, it was really high, man. It was really high. So shout out to the people at EA for for giving me that ninety three. Oh, your rating man. was your career best. I think your best in Madden 07, Damien was ninety three. Ninety three. There you go. That's good. Yeah, he was always one of the highest offensive linemen. Yeah, I will take it. I will take it. Yeah, ninety three for O line. That's a, as good as you get right there, Damien Woody. One of our favorite guests, the best backdrop you have. I mean, you're never going to beat my extra flame and hot Cheetos hoodie. I'm sorry. Although this looks like a Cincinnati Bengals uh. podcast right now uh, with this thing. I'm like Joe Burrow and your former teammate, Dustin Keller, behind me. But an expensive piano and, and cool with your window, whatever's back there, and a nice a couch uh, always wins. And a little artwork. You got to the artwork to show that you are philosophical as well, David. Exactly. I'm a, I'm a thinker. So you got to have the pieces behind me, you know, to reflect that. Damien Woody, catch him on ESPN. Have a happy new year. Happy holidays. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you in 2022, Damien. Thanks. All right. Take it easy, guys. The same to you. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. That'll say adios to episode 96, the Muhammad Wilkerson edition of Gangs All Here, our just podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern Cameron. He's there for helping me produce the show. Hartz, what are your New Year's resolutions? You got anything on the list? I think this year I'm going to go for the pride and true workout more. And it's one of those that I always say every year. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to dedicate, you know, 30 minutes to an hour a day just to do workouts, go running, that kind of stuff. But it always seems to fall by the wayside. But I am encouraged by seeing you hit the gym. So maybe uh, that's the extra motivation I need this year. Well, here's the thing. I'm not as often. <laughs> I, I write it on the whiteboard each time I go. And I've only been like three times this month. The last time I went was the day my roommate was, you know, ended up getting COVID. So I haven't been since then. So it may look like I need to go. I That is my also New Year's resolution because I have one downstairs in my building. So me not going is just pure ineptitude. Like it's laziness, ineptitude. Obviously, I'm busy with stuff. But now these podcasts, you know, folks, these end here. January 10th. That's the season wrap show. Jets and Giants are done. All we have is Rangers. February, there's like no hockey games because the schedule, the Olympic break that was supposed to happen. So February, you know, it's going to be crazy. I'll probably take some vacay, but have to go to the gym with time opening up, trying to get the weight, but also sickness too. Like you can't go when you got a cold and you're you're congested. It's just that's dangerous. So I make way too many excuses. So I'm with you. Go to the gym. I live like I'm, I'm a rich man, and I'm not in the slightest. So I need to slow down spending, save, pay off some debt, be smarter in 2022. And I will be. I think 30 was the point where, like, it hit me. Like, I'm an adult now. Like, 31, my Mike Piazza year, this is going to be major. Watch out for Jake Brown in 2022. I'm going to take over the world. You're going you're to play this clip art back in my Radio Hall of Fame speech in 2050. That would mean 2050 be 30, 
60. All right, I'll make it till 60. 80, I'm not going to make it to with my diet. But 2022 is going to be a monster year. My Piazza year is going to be my best year yet. And he was my favorite player of all time. So watch out, Hearts. I mean, Piazza was a Hall of Famer. So Did that only- pump you up at all or, or no? I mean, I mean, I, if, if I wasn't a Yankee fan, maybe it, it would pump me up a little bit more. But the only thing I will put on you, though, is the fact that you do live in Astoria and you live by a couple good spots for food-wise. So sticking to that New Year's resolution of, of not eating out and stuff, it's going to be tough. It, it really is because you got some good spots near Astoria. And even not, like, I go everywhere. If it's good food, I'm going to travel for it. Like, I went all the way to Bayside for Ben. But I need to limit the going out. Limit the seamless. I've been ordering a lot of seamless. They'll send me, like, a $5 discount order so much that it's not a savings. Anyway, we hope you all have a happy new year. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Write in a nice review. We appreciate it. No negative reviews in 2022. That's a resolution, too. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Brian Cos. And again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Send me your New Year's resolutions on Twitter. I want to know what you're going to do better in 2022. And I will be inspired and motivated by that. The next time we talk, it'll be Monday following that Jets-Bucks game at MetLife Stadium. Thanks for listening, gangs all here, all 2021 folks. We really appreciate your listenership. Hope you all have a happy new year. We will see you all in 2022. Peace. Jake, you want the Dove or the Irish Spring? 